WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Around 5,000 Berrien County homes that currently have no access to high-speed internet will soon have it now that the Michigan High-Speed Internet Office has approved a $27 million grant from Midwest Energy and Communications to roll out broadband. Governor Gretchen Whitmer this week announced $203 million in Robin grants are going to 18 broadband projects around the state. Berrien County Administrator Brian DeSette tells us now that MECs receive final approval, there's big work coming to the county. It's a tremendous win. The county, the local units of government are just thrilled with the confirmation of uh, the Robin Grant. What this will mean is a growing majority of the entire county will have easy, affordable access to high-speed Internet. Berrien County has been working for a few years to expand broadband availability, creating a broadband committee that engaged Internet service providers and township governments. DeSette says one of the major tasks of the county was mapping out where broadband really is available. We engaged DCS Technologies to physically go out and inventory every mile of public roadway to determine where broadband networks were located and where they absolutely were not located. A study in 2022 found more than 11,500 parcels in the county with no broadband access. They were located all throughout the county, even in cities. DeSette says major work to roll out fiber will take place starting late this year and throughout next year. A side benefit will be the new fiber being laid by MEC will have to pass through some areas that already have service, thereby giving those residents a new option for Internet. The state announced tentative approval for MEC's Robin Grant in June, but now it's been made official. The Southwest Michigan Planning Commission will use a $51,000 state grant to help Benton Harbor and Bridgman better manage shoreline issues. Commission Deputy Director Marcy Hamilton tells us the Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes, and Energy funds will enable the group to work with Benton Harbor officials on plans to reduce flooding when there's rain or high lake levels. We're going to be looking at areas in Benton Harbor that have flooded when we have high lake levels and looking at pollutions that we can use in the city in terms of dealing with stormwater runoff to, to kind of capture it and make sure that it's not flooding homes or businesses or roadways. We do this by trying to focus on using natural solutions called green infrastructure. Hamilton says mitigation strategies might include rain gardens. Meanwhile, the Eagle Grant will be used to conduct a review of shoreline ordinances and bridgemen to prevent erosion. Hamilton says strategies might include restricting development close to the lakeshore. She notes both Benton Harbor and Bridgman took part in a Coastal Leadership Academy put on the state this year. That prompted Bridgman to create a shoreline resilience committee seeking to prevent erosion and flooding. A Benton Harbor man is in the Berrien County Jail after being caught driving a stolen vehicle and leading police on a chase Thursday night. The Berrien County Sheriff's Department says deputies were on patrol in Benton Township about 9.45 last night when they spotted the vehicle stolen out of Mishawaka. They tried to pull it over, but it sped off and a chase began. It ended when the suspect's vehicle became disabled and the suspect was arrested. He was found to be in possession of a loaded handgun. The 22-year-old was arrested on charges including driving a stolen vehicle, felonious assault, and weapons charges. His name has not yet been released. The Avenue Family Network is changing its name to Caring Connection. Chief Strategy Officer Robin McGinnis tells us the new name will take effect November 3rd. So why change the name? We felt that 
caring connections after reaching out to partners in the community and our board of directors that it was a more inclusive name. It says more of what we actually do than the previous name. And Caring Connections just is a kind of a warm and supportive name. The Avenue Family Network runs several human services programs in Berrien County that include adult foster care, senior abuse prevention, and guardianship for the disabled. McGinnis says they'll roll out the new name following their third annual spaghetti dinner on November 2nd. We are sending it to all of our clients. We will be launching the new website on November 3rd. We are basically doing a slow rollout. The Avenue Family Network name itself is relatively new as the agency was known as Child and Family Services of Southwest Michigan until it adopted the Avenue name in 2018. McGinnis says that never really fit. In addition to changing the name of the group, it's changing the name of the Cora Lamping Center as well. It's Domestic Violence Shelter. The shelter's new name will be the Empowerment Center. Chickaming Township is in line to receive a federal grant of $120,000 to improve roadway safety. U.S. Senators Gary Peters and Debbie Stabenow announced three federal grants today intended to improve safety. They'll help the affected communities develop safety action plans. The funding is being awarded through the U.S. Department of Transportation's Safe Streets and Roads for All grant program, which funds road safety projects to prevent traffic deaths and injuries. Peters says the $860,000 in grants announced statewide will help communities, quote, across our state identify roadway safety concerns and take steps necessary to prevent future injuries and deaths. The St. Joe Kickers Sports Club is preparing to celebrate its 70th anniversary. The club was founded in 1953 when newly arrived German immigrants, lonely in their new country, meant to play soccer at Kiwanis Park in St. Joe. Over time, the group grew and moved to different venues. Club sports director Chris Hawk tells us there was a whole German community in Berrien County coming out of World War II. It's amazing that this club was built by these people that obviously life couldn't have handed worse cards to. A lot of them escaped to the Soviets after the parts of Germany were parceled off to them. And we even had some prisoners of war that had been brought over by the Americans. I think there was a camp in Bridgman and they decided, you know what, this is a pretty good place to live. St. Joe Kickers Sports Club adopted English as its language in 1968 as the focus shifted more to sports than culture. In the early 70s, it acquired its own indoor facility in Royalton Township, and today it has 315 adult members and their children. A 70th anniversary celebration is planned for November 4th with traditional German food and live music. Everyone's welcome. It's $25 for non-members to attend. We'll have the RSVP information at our website. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. The search continues for a mass shooter in Maine. Michelle Franzen has more. In Maine, the town of Lewiston and surrounding communities rocked by a mass shooting are still sheltering as police search for Army reservist and suspected gunman Robert Card. Public Safety Commissioner Mike Shasha Continuing to work 530-plus tips and leads uh, that have come in uh, from the general public. Uh, from a number of communities, a number of different relationships. 18 people were killed, 13 injured. ABC's Trevor Alt has more on the victims. 76-year-old Bob Violet, a youth bowling coach, he reportedly died at the bowling alley trying to protect the children in his care. Michael Delorio was bowling with his best friend and their spouses. His sister Vicky says he died rushing the shooter to get others to safety. And also being remembered, Peyton Brewer-Ross, 
a new father who co-workers say was loved by his community. And the bowling alley's new manager, Tommy Conrad, survived by his nine-year-old daughter. Authorities are still searching for a motive. Michelle Franz in ABC News. The Israeli military says its ground forces are expanding their activities in Gaza. The announcement today came hours after Israel's defense minister said the country expects to launch long and difficult ground invasion of the Hamas-ruled territory. Shortly before, communication services in the territory were cut. The Palestinian death toll in Gaza passed 7,300, and in the occupied West Bank, more than 100 Palestinians have been killed in violence in Israeli raids since October 7th. More than 1,400 people in Israel have been killed, mostly civilians who were slain during the initial Hamas attack. Also, 229 people were taken hostage during the incursion and remain in captivity in Gaza. More from ABC's Tom Rivers, the foreign desk. Israeli defense spokesman Daniel Hagari briefing in Tel Aviv, saying in addition to the attacks his country carried out in recent days, ground forces are now expanding their activities to, in his words, achieve their objectives. The escalation takes the Israeli army closer to a full-on ground invasion of the territory. Israel has amassed hundreds of thousands of troops along the border. Tom Rivers, ABC News, at the Foreign Desk. Former President Donald Trump is set to testify November 6th in the civil business fraud case against him following testimony from his three eldest children. State lawyers disclosed the schedule in court today when the judge ruled the former president's daughter Ivanka also must take the stand. It was already expected the ex-president and his sons Donald Jr. and Eric would testify, but the timing became clear today. The schedule sets up a blockbuster stretch of the trial of New York Attorney General Letitia James' lawsuit. She alleges the former president overstated his wealth for years on financial statements. The ex-president denies any wrongdoing. Following a meeting with the president and his top advisors at the White House about the urgent need for a foreign aid package, New House Speaker Mike Johnson has laid out what Republicans are willing to approve. ABC's Stephen Portnoy has more. The new House Speaker says Republicans are likely to set aside the president's $106 billion proposal and instead take up separate support measures for Israel and Ukraine. Mike Johnson told Fox News. Our consensus among House Republicans is that we need to bifurcate those issues. Johnson says the House may pass more aid for Israel than the $14 billion the president has requested while looking for equal cuts elsewhere in the budget. Johnson says the U.S. will not abandon the Ukrainians, but House Republicans will demand more details before approving more funds. We want to know what the objective there is. What is the end game in Ukraine? Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. The Pentagon says U.S. fighter jets launched airstrikes early today on two locations in eastern Syria linked to Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps. The strikes come in retaliation for a slew of drone and missile attacks against U.S. bases and personnel in the region that started early last week. They reflect the Biden administration's determination to maintain a delicate balance. The U.S. wants to hit Iranian-backed groups suspected of targeting the U.S. as strongly as possible to deter future aggression, while also working to avoid provoking a wider conflict. The U.S. does not have any information yet on casualties or an assessment of damage from today's strikes. President Biden met today with China's top diplomat ahead of a potential sit-down with Chinese President Xi Jinping next month. Wang Yi is in the midst of a three-day visit to Washington, where he's been meeting with a series of top U.S. officials. More maybe he's M. Win. Secretary of State Antony Blinken met with Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi to discuss the differences between the two countries as the administration tries to reduce intense competitions between the two largest economies. The two leaders raised hopes the relationship can be steadied. The Israel-Hamas war was likely a discussion with Washington hoping Beijing can use its influence with Iran to prevent a wider 
war in the Middle East. This meeting was meant to lay the groundwork ahead of an expected summit in San Francisco between President Biden and his counterpart Xi Jinping in November. And when ABC News, Washington. About two in three Americans say their household expenses have risen over the last year, but only about one in four say their income has increased in the same period. That's according to a new poll from the Associated Press Nork Center for Public Affairs Research. As household expenses outpace earnings, many are expressing concern about their futures. What's more, for most Americans, household debt is rising or not going away. About half say they currently have credit card debt. Four in ten are dealing with auto loans, and about one in four have medical debt. Just 15% say their household savings have increased in the last year. And much of California is getting ready for the first significant Santa Ana wind event of the season. More from ABC's Alex Stone. It's been a while since California has experienced a major Santa Ana wind event, but late Saturday through early Monday morning, much of California is expected to be hit by strong wind. It's the largest red flag fire warning in a couple of years in Northern California. Here in Southern California, wind gusts could reach 50 to 60 miles an hour with strong sustained wind. Humidity levels will be down around 5%. It'll be the recipe for quickly growing dangerous wildfires. The hope is that above average moisture recently will slow anything that would start in the wind. Alex Stone, ABC News, Los Angeles.